Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of Grolix Bites. Hey, remember, Grolix Bites is the quick once in a while show that we do where we respond to some things that happen in between the recordings of our Prime show. Our recent episode is up, and it's another beefy episode coming in at almost three hours, just underneath that. Let me tell you, we cover as many of the internet controversies as we can stomach, and I definitely recommend checking that one out. Today on Grolix Bites, I'm going to chime in on a few news items that have uh, either happened since our last recording, or we just kind of forgot to talk about them. You know, that happens. Uh, including a little talk about Marvel's current crossover event, uh, Secret Wars. And we'll finish out with a quick interview slash conversation or conversation interview, if you will, that I had with the ever-enjoyable Axton Kaler of ZombieOaksComic.com. Let's react at the news. Before I do, quick disclaimer, the views and opinions stated herein are mine and those of the parties I've cited. They do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Grolic's podcast or the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network, nor its subsidiaries. That's a mouthful. So, first one up is a story that I read from ComicsBeat.com, and the headline reads, DC to begin placing ads on story pages. Okay. So the story is that there's a rumor going around that DC was going to be adding in half-page ads, but they were going to add them on pages that currently contain story, which was later pretty much confirmed when Chris Burnham of Batman Incorporated posted a pic on Twitter where that was exactly the case. And the top half of the comic uh, was story, and then the uh, bottom half of the page was a Twix candy bar ad featuring Nick Lachey. Nice. Okay, as a cranky old man of comics, I'm not fond of this idea for a number of reasons. Uh, The first one, and this is the one that makes me sound most like a cranky old man, is tradition. You know, sure, ads have always been around. They're kind of a staple of comics. (laughs) Staple? That's a comic pun, kids. Because, you know, because the comics are put together with... You know what? Never mind. Uh, So ads have been around. But the thing is, the comic layouts, by and large, always made sure that the ads didn't interfere with the story pages. What they're doing is flying in the face of all of that. There's a legacy of this. You had the Atlas ads. Get bigger. Rip phone books in half. Uh, You know, learn how to draw. If you can draw this uh, little bird, then you can be an artist. Also, it's getting to the point where, you know, if I'm going to buy comics in print form, as opposed to, like, just getting them digitally, like off of Comixology or somewhere else, it's, it's because I want a physical manifestation. You know, like, I want something I can hold, something I can enjoy, something I can look, I can, like, put as close to my face as possible and not get eye strain. But, you know, at this point, if the ads are just going to get this intrusive, then, you know, I might as well just hold out for trades, you know, which is something I was kind of already doing anyways. And shocker of shockers, I was doing that to avoid ads. Another reason that I don't like this move by DC Comics is that the art and flow of the page is something that 
comic artists have really studied and it takes time and effort and talent and and a fair amount of trial and error to get it right so now they have to think about all of those things and you know like all the normal things that they think about and then they also have to think about what kind of images do they need to create that would be compelling enough that they could compete with a Nick Lachey Twix ad on this exact topic just so I'm not the only one weighing in on this. Uh, Grolix Prime Mastermind Randy chimed in on Twitter earlier this month about this topic uh, and had this to say. A step too far, DC Comics. It's like seeing a movie and half the screen becomes an ad every so often. Too much. And I'm in total agreement with him. Uh, I think that this is a poor way to market your product. If you want to include ads in the monthly issues, I don't mind that because that's what that's always been there but it's getting to the point where the print copies are becoming less fun to read they still cost the same if not more than they ever did uh and i don't know about everybody else but i read comics to kind of escape it's not easy to escape when i go from batman saving the day to nick lachey telling me why the left twix is better than the right twix now to be fair uh, there has been some update on this situation, and it sounds like it's an experiment that DC was just going to try out during their June comics. So maybe it's not going to be a permanent thing. Boy, we I sure hope not. Speaking of ads, man, this is apparently a good time of the year to be considering how you include ad space in your content. Because the second headline that I'm going to cover comes from Motherboard. And the headline reads... Netflix is experimenting with advertisements. So apparently, Netflix is looking to include ads for Netflix original programming, both before and after your content streams. So that's kind of similar to what HBO Go currently does. They, they tend to run adverts for you know other HBO shows, which you could watch on HBO Go. So now I got to admit that... After all that, you know, DC Comics news and getting up in arms about that one, this one doesn't bother me as much. It doesn't make me happy, but it doesn't bother me quite as much as the DC Comics thing did. Uh, it doesn't make me as mad because previews and trailers, they tend to come before movies. You know, like that's common practice. And as a moviegoer, I, I actually hate getting to the theater too late just because I might miss out on some of those previews and miss out on movies that are coming up. So if they do it well, then I think it would be okay. Um, I'd like to have the option to fast forward through them. That would that would help things a little bit. But at least they're not in the middle of the show and they're not taking up half of the screen. DC Comics. But time is money. And as a Netflix subscriber, they're already getting my money. I already paid them for a product, so why should I be forced to watch ads for a product I basically already pay them for? I mean, whether I watch any of your originals or not, I'm already giving you money. It just seems kind of redundant, Netflix. I used to choose Netflix over all of my other streaming options because they were the one without any ads. So I guess apparently that laud and honor, that status, is going to have to belong to Amazon Instant Video or the stuff that I buy off of iTunes Store because ads are everywhere, apparently. All right, so that's enough of this dour ads marketing. We're 
bombarded barrage thing. The last news item is a little bit more of an upper, even though it's still kind of negative. Uh, and so the headline is, and it comes from Kotaku.com, uh, the headline reads, Tomorrow's Spider-Man comic undoes one of Marvel's stupidest mistakes. And I've got to agree. If, you have re- if you've listened to our most recent episode, number 17, we talk about Mephisto in our Bring on the Bad Guys poll list segment. And I even allude to the One More Day Spider-Man event, which basically caused Peter Parker to make a, uh, a deal with the devil, Mephisto. And he decides to totally undo his marriage with Mary Jane in order to save the life of Aunt May. Probably one of the stupidest things in a Spidey comic, and I'm going to include the Clone Saga in that whole list. Because at least the Clone Saga gave us some interesting characters. I mean, say what you want about Ben Riley, He was kind of fun. Uh, well, so the bright side of all this is that as part of Marvel's Secret Wars event, that which is going on right now, and uh, as I'm recording this, tomorrow we will get a title called uh, Spider-Man Renew Your Vows as part of the uh, Secret War, the strange Secret Wars universe that's going on uh, as a result of of everything that's happening in the, the core, the core Secret Wars comic. Apparently, there is a spot in this new amalgamated Marvel Universe for a Peter Parker that remained married to MJ. And they were able to have the infamous May Parker that, you know, may go on to become Spider-Girl in the future, which was that ongoing title that a lot of people really enjoyed. I just read a little bit of it, so I have a vague understanding of what was going on, but uh, it was really pretty popular. So basically, Peter Parker gets to be a like an actual grown-up, like a full-blown grown-up adult. What are the odds of that? That doesn't mean that he isn't still Peter Parker and that his luck has entirely turned around or anything. But still, we get a Peter Parker that uh, didn't that made the right call or or never had to make the wrong call, and we get to see what that's like. Who knows? This story, you know, the story it might be you might say it's too little, too late. But, you know, maybe it's also a good sign of where where they're going to go after Secret Wars. Hopefully they're going to right a wrong and uh, undo what, what shouldn't have happened in the first place. Because uh, we all know at this point, because they've uh, put it out in a free comic book day release, that after Secret Wars we're still going to have Miles Morales, and he can be the young Spider-Man that, that is, uh, you know, approachable for the for the younger audience and we can have peter parker which has been uh our spider-man for so long he should be an adult he should be able to you know have that life that (laughs) most of the superheroes get to have or at least you know their their heroing gets in the way and we get to see that handled like an adult whereas Peter Parker has always had this failure to launch syndrome partly because the editorial staff wanted him that way again I did say these are just my opinions either way I can really get behind this one this is this bit of news uh, makes me a lot happier than the other two did right now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to switch it over to uh an interview that I recorded with Axton Kaler of zombieoakscomic.com this past weekend at O Comic Con in Council Bluffs, Iowa. This is Jesse, and you're listening to Grolix Bites. This morning I am joined with Axton Kaler of ZombieOaksComic.com. Hey-o! Axton, we've been uh, 
We've been tabling at Okamicon this weekend. Uh, right off the bat, what are your initial? Well, first of all, maybe you can tell the listeners what uh, a little bit of what went on to make this con happen, as you understand it. Well, the the my understanding is that two people shouldered this whole endeavor. Uh, Matt Fuyan right. and me being terrible with names, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would have said too. And for two people to put this thought and this organization together and have such a successful first year con, 6,200 in attendance on Saturday. That's incredible. And even on Friday, which is traditionally a slow day, what was it, over 1,000? Over 1,000, right around 1,000, yeah. And that's pretty cool. Um, we Yes, we've seen an awful lot of things uh, we saw cosplayers, there's uh, media guests, and uh, yesterday there was a podcast, the uh, Two-Headed Nerd podcast. Uh, they interviewed me just for a little while. Um, what have been your favorite parts of the con so far? Just the, the vibe and the buzz of the people who showed up to make this thing a success. Good morning, Okamakon. There's a black Subaru in the parking lot. Uh, license plate R1 door was open. Just want to let you know if you want to come in the front desk, I will talk to you more about it. Bye. And that was Matt. <laughs> and that was Matt. I'll probably edit that, but who knows? Yeah, the, the crowds and, and all the people, and even the, the you know the vendors. I think the vibe in general has been awesome. The layout's really you know reminiscent of kind of the big cons that we're used to attending, but maybe not tabling at. Um, yeah, they they really captured the the big con feel for a first year. Yeah, um, and. With with the success of this year, I expect this to grow and become something big. I, you know, looking at how they've got the tables set up with the draping and everything, they've got their their oak their oak Comic Con uh, colors, red and white, on you know all the tables and all the backdrops. You know, it's it's a really professional look, even more professional than some of the existing uh, cons that we've been to. Yep. Um, what do you What do you think? <laughs> yeah. What do you think going forward? Yeah. Do you think that uh, this is a kind of thing that they can take and make even bigger and better? You know, I, I think it depends on the space here at the Mac. I would guess that the the accoutrement of the the booth setup are all Mac properties. Oh um, yeah. That would be my guess. And if there's space as far as expo floor. For this to grow anymore, size-wise, uh, I, I don't see any reason to ever think about moving it from here. Right, right. And it's been, a, yeah, like by and large, it's been a really cool uh, experience. I've never gone to a convention that was held here. I've been to concerts and things like that, and even fighting events, but uh, never have I thought that, hey, you know, the Mid America Center would be a place where we would. Uh, we would do a con, and now this summer we're going to do two. I was just going to segue into a, a plug for British Fest myself. Oh, please, please do. So that is July 10th, 11th, and 12th here at the MAC. Um, a big step for British Fest, which was at the Comfort Inn and Suites last year for its first year. Right. And it was obviously way too big for that small venue. Yeah. Um, so jumping from there to the MAC with all the excitement and energy that, that Moose brings. Yeah. So, having done uh, this con, uh, are you more excited about the prospects for British Fest? Oh, absolutely. To, to know the community that supports British Fest already and to know the people flying in. I think I saw on the Facebook page people flying in from England oh, yeah, to I come suppose. to British Fest. 
That's, um, that's awesome. To, to know that we're going to be in this venue with potentially a, a very similar setup for that show is, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, what seems to be, uh, you know, like we've been making a lot of sales this weekend, is there anything in, in particular that seems to be selling better than anything else? It's the original art, which kind of blew my mind. It's, you know, we, we would love to see people walking away with more copies of the book. Um, but to have people stop by and get excited about sketch cards and original prints and original drawings, um, that's, that's really probably more gratifying than people buying the book or checking out the webcomic. Right. It's almost more lucrative, too. For I mean, if we get right down to the bottom dollar, uh, we would probably make a little bit more off of the originals because it's a little less overhead. Le- less overhead, more time invested, um, but that's the blessing and curse of an artist. Uh, I, I don't think we'll ever make our time back if we broke it out and, and we looked at how many hours or minutes go into each one of these pieces and then look at what we sell them for. But that's every art form, I think. Unless you're stealing photos off Instagram and selling them for $90,000 a pop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then the original, uh, the people, the subjects go ahead and uh, undercut that by selling it for what it's actually worth. Right, yeah. right. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yesterday I had to cut out early, but we had some... In, you know, speaking about how the books haven't really sold, we've still made some really interesting uh, networking opportunities. Uh, yesterday we had someone come by... Uh, From the Kaneko Library at UNO yeah. um, to, to get all the, the ISBN and arti- author and artist info on the, the books and... So that, that could be something really exciting and really awesome. And I, I noticed that the Omaha Public Library is set up in the front of the venue today when I walked oh, in. Cool. And that might be worth Checking dropping, dropping yeah. by and giving a plug. Yeah, I'm excited today because uh, now that we've paid off our table, you know, like, I, I feel a little bit better about maybe roaming the floor a little bit. And if sure. there's something just absolutely knockout that's uh, taken my breath away, I can uh, entertain the notion of uh, maybe picking it up. Uh, kind of jumping back just for a second we also talked to a gentleman uh, recently in Omaha, Nebraska we had kind of a tragedy happen with a, a fallen hero of a, of a first responding police officer that was gunned down um, and so yesterday uh, we were able to go ahead and kind of donate to a silent auction that is uh, going to be raising money kind of in her memory and in her honor uh, Officer Carrie Orozco and uh, yeah, so and we, we we got to talk to Officer Timothy Huffman yesterday when when he stopped by the table and talked to us about that auction and um, it, very proud to be able to have helped with the the setup on that. Very much, very much so. All right, well, uh, I think things are probably going to start to get you know start to warm up here. So thank you for uh, letting us have some of your um, setup this morning. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for always being a big supporter of the Grolix podcast and being one of our super friends. All right, that's going to be it for this month on Grolix Bites. Remember, folks, if you can't keep it clean, at least slap a Grolix on it. Thank you for listening to Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of Electronic Media Collective and Vocal Arrow Studios. 
This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. To hear more, visit RollixPodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast and like us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Podcast. Boy, howdy, let me tell you that we cover as many of the internet controversy. Con, and let me tell you, we cover as many of the internet controversy. Controversies. I can't say controversies.